Re-examine all you have been told in school or church or in any book. Dismiss whatever insults your own soul and your very flesh shall be a great poem. And have the richest fluency, not only in its words, but in the silent lines of its lips and face and between the lashes of your eyes and in every motion and joint of your body. Walt Whitman. I love that. I love the idea of listening to your soul uh, to make meaning of something. Um, this is Jim McNeish here and the lovely... Christy Mack. And we're talking we're, meaning. Yeah, we're talking about meaning. And uh, this is our fourth podcast. Um, oh. So we're rocking ahead with these. <laughs> we're loving it. It's, I just think even for me... <laughs> I, I just I'm just loving these poems and the quotes and yes. they're just but I they I can feel them. So this one's meaning. How do we make meaning? What do we mean by meaning? And um, again, let's just start by being real and uh, honest about our own lives during this time. So, Kirsty, what what meaning are you making? A meaning during uh, the the pandemic. I I think um, I. <laughs> I uh, I have struggled between you know, what is this all about and I sort of asked those big, great questions um, and found myself having more ease and making meaning of smaller moments um, and I'm realising that actually they possibly have more meaning. Um, mm. And I spoke about this when I went to Uganda last year and, and actually there was more meaning in the minutes because... Yeah there was a, a difference about life, a huge, I felt like at that moment I'd stepped into another world. Um, I think we all kind of feel that we've stepped into another world here too. And I think is even these poems and quotes are giving me meaning. Um, you know, we're all doing it in a different way. I, I was saying to you, I'd gone through and, and Billy was making a spreadsheet of the coronavirus, you know, and that's, that's his way of making meaning. Yeah. You know, he's trying to he's trying to tap into it and do the numbers, which I'm sure other people are doing. Um, and so, yeah, I think reading reading elements, linking back into my feelings and my notions about Uganda, um, and noticing the small things, and I hesitate to call them small things because I think they're getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, that's great. I am. Um, I'm very similar. It's, you know, the big meaning side of things, I'm just confused. And, um, you know, optimistic stories and pessimistic science, um, I can get caught up in that. But um, the day that we were just about to go into the lockdown, at nine o'clock at night, our bell went of our house and standing at the door was my EA Mark's fiance, Charlotte. And she'd surprised us both by turning up to spend the lockdown with us. And it felt like Christmas Day when you're a child and relatives turn up on Christmas Day. And it's magical and it's special. And it's right in the middle of all of this, something deeply meaningful, which was the love between a young couple um, being much more important and powerful than anything else. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's those things. And, and even as the three of us today are painting the kitchen and, and chatting, it's just lovely that we're going to be, our, this is going to be the team shiring 
uh, for the lockdown and, and that felt terrific. So making meaning of, of things at more of a local level and like you say, probably much more important than that global scale stuff right now. Yeah, yeah, massively so. And uh, I mean, we, we need it. We've survived. As a species, we've, we've survived around making meaning of things. Yeah. You know, we have it. We, in terms of the possibilities of industry, of farming, of fi- you know, fire right at the start, you know, and, you know, tools and tribes, you know, we, we made meaning from this. We, we allowed ourselves to, to tap into the abilities and it was, we had that, the ability worked for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be in us as a default to make meaning of things. Something happens and we make it mean something. Mm-hmm. And that's largely positive, you know, um, particularly for leaders. They provide context. They, They say, here's context. Therefore, now that you have context, you can make meaning of the activity that you're doing within it. And therefore, they can satisfy a workforce and they can satisfy a team. If we can make that meaning, then there is something innately satisfactory about it. There's a flip side, right? Because you know, it's <laughs> always a dark side, but they're you know, like the shadow. Yeah, the meanings become possessions. They become mm-hmm. unchallengeable. They become unmovable. They become what we think is right, as fact, as reality. Um, wars that causes wars. That causes political disputes, whether that be on a country level or in the boardrooms. And mm-hmm. fundamentally, when you have those disputes it causes an exclusion. It means that you're in the gang or you're not in the gang. You're not part of us. You're not of us. Um, we, want, we, we need things to mean something. Yes, we do. And, and I guess that's the thing about how we're thinking now is we, these, the meaning we make of things, basically, which is just basically the stories we tell ourselves mm-hmm. about something is, you know, can we have a, a, a much more uh, humble, um, can we just add a dose of curiosity to these things rather than because it's a religious perspective or it's a scientific perspective or it's a financial reality perspective? Can we move from just being so on the one track with our meaning making um, so that we can avoid these standoffs, these wars, these other positions? Um, that that for me becomes the challenge. Yeah, and it's 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 one of those. If we think about, you know, the we talk about dissociation. We do a lot of work with sensory working in the body. So Peter Levine's model, CBAM model, you know, it's it's one of the five elements of dissociation. You've got your your sensations, your images, your behaviour, your affect, and meaning. And if we don't, if we haven't ticked in a very simple sense, ticked all of those boxes, then it is, it's there within us. It's there as trauma. It's it's there. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not closed off. There's, it's fragmented in there. And it's like, it's in a black bag, that smelly one in the bottom of our skip that we just, oh, we just, oh, it's Ah. the, that opens up at certain moments in our life. And um, we need it. Meaning has a large part to play. And as you say, that closure and that closing off that tab. And I think Viktor Frankl got there even before um, Peter Levine. Right. <clears throat> you know, Viktor Frankl was very much about you can survive any nightmare 
that you can make meaning of. Mm. That there is something innately healing about the human condition with regards to meaning that says if we um, are able to get our head around it, if we're able to find some understanding of why we're going through it. And Robert Diltz would even talk about the definition of heart is meaningless pain. It's like if we can take pain and make meaning of it, like there's a baby at the end of this or my bad tooth's coming out or uh, I'm fighting a good war, then it remains pain. But in the absence of meaning, it becomes hurt. It becomes something that gnaws at us and something that's damaging and something that isn't completing. And so we can see at a deep psychological level that we've evolved into this meaning-making species that requires us to really think hard about putting it into some kind of context. Because I think only then, when you have made meaning of something, can we consign it to long-term memory. Yes. Can we say, right, here's the learning, now there's where it goes. We can file it away. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing is that um, we've got a whole host of stuff out the filing cabinet right now. <laughs> We're just like, I think we need a new filing cabinet. I don't <laughs> which one do we put it in? You know, and, and it's that, it's the David Blum quote in terms of thought creates our world and says, I didn't do it. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we've invented, I wonder if we've invented this because that is, you know, there's a cyclical nature about perception you know like we we believe something we go looking for it we energize those parts of the reality that we're in we engage with it uh, we hook it you know it's like if you can think of something if you can dream it then do you make it possible do you create the possibility of its existence and I think as human beings we our fears, our concerns can actually end up creating our reality. And so it's incredibly important that you tell yourself stories and you make meaning in a way that is useful and it's helpful and conducive towards that preferred future that you're after. And that's what we need from leaders right now. How do we as leaders help our teams make meaning? How can we help them? How can we organize ourselves together and and, and share some thinking under that banner. How can we do that together to protect our mental health? Uh-huh. You know, just to make sure that there is a way in which we can close off those tabs, that we can close that, because there's so much in people's heads right now, even more so, you know, two weeks ago it wasn't there and now it's there taking up space. And, and how can we help and assist people through this challenging time? Mm. It's so important. Be I, mindful. I, oh, sorry, on you go. No, I see that. I, I see that. But the mental health bit there, particularly, is you will do much more for the people working under you if you're role modeling mm-hmm. the preservation of your own mental health. Yeah. We have a, a saying in church, which is if you're preaching measles but carrying mumps, they'll catch mumps. And it's not about what comes out your mouth, it's about when they look in your eye. Um, when they see a sense of completeness, when they see a ready laugh still there, that's going to say much more to them about preserving their own mental health than any form of tool or technique or uh, other device you do. It's like really look after yourself and making meaning for yourself with that Peter Levine Siban model, making meaning is part of how you construct um, a whole memory so that it can be consigned it can be put to the back 
I was speaking to a friend um, yesterday who's just moved into a new job on Monday. Interesting times. Um, and in the financial sector and her new director just, I, I won't, after this, I'm going to go down and give her a high five. Um, got everyone together, gave them a call um, and said, I think, I think our opening words were something like, this is rubbish, maybe something like that. Um, and... <laughs> I'm struggling just now. I've got a six-year-old that's here. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm structuring my day in this way. Um, and for me, what's really important is that I'm getting the exercise in so that it's helping me from a mental capacity. And I also know that sometimes you're just not going to be capable. So if you need time off, take time off. Yes. And I was just like, oh my goodness, to have that on your first day, actually, you know, this is, this is wonderful. This is someone who is just really being mindful of what they share, but being very honest as well. And, and I think that's important, especially thinking about how we share things on social media. What are you liking? What are you sharing to people? Yes. Um, yeah. I, and, and what do you think this points us towards, Kirsty, for leadership in the future? So post coronavirus which could get confusing because that's pc as well but i know i've been trying to work at a ppc no uh, it doesn't work no but, but, but beyond it. um what do you think this is pointing towards in terms of whether it's social media online presence or those things but in terms of how a leader thinks about meaning what's going to be the future is there it's interesting i think we've said trust in every single conversation we've had trusting in relationships is there a different way in which we can do that and is it a way in which we can trust ourselves to listen to our own experiences listen into our own experiences listen into those bodies i know you know the line that you often say is that well that person's just ahead but mm -hmm. their bodies are transportation device for their for their head <laughs> yeah how can we listen to our experiences listen our bodies our feelings um and allow us to help that to navigate through these times. Yes. And if we do that ourselves, how can we help other people do that? And, and be brave and be curious and be, my favourite word, adventurous um, yeah. and, and open. And maybe it's instead of making meaning. Mm -hmm. you, you know, if we could, there's no big picture at the moment, really. No. No. That's why you and I are probably defaulting towards little incidents that we're making meaning of because none of us really know whether this is a 12 week three month year thing um we're being led by our governments and we're having to trust them yeah but actually we really don't know the bigger picture and so could we abandon that drive to always have to make meaning for the sake of our souls and for the sake of spinning our tires in the mud constantly trying to make a bigger picture that is then trumped by some new incident or some new breakthrough or some new mm. discovery. Um, and because um, if we continually try and make or build a life built on meaning, particularly over this next 12 weeks, I think we're going to end up freezing. Yeah. I think we're going to become unstuck and we're going to do ourselves a little harm. But if we make smaller meaning of the people in our homes and few steps at a time, and sense of adventure. I wonder if that's what the new world of meaning making within leadership looks like, which is that maybe sometimes it's meaningless. And maybe we get to the point where we distrust anyone. 
you know, who believes that, that makes meaning with, you know, with real assurance. Yeah, here's how it is. Here's how it is. Let me this tell is how the it, truth. Yeah, exactly. We've been thinking. We? Um, <laughs> they said. Who are they? Um, maybe we can test. Maybe we can test these with science. Maybe we can test these with stories of wisdom um, and, 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 and see if it is actually meaning or if it's just someone's position. And it's, it's how they are asserting themselves in that situation. Um, and maybe there's going to be some emergent truth in small communities, you know, and, and, and those shoots coming through. Yeah. I mean, Bert Hellinger would often say that our sense of innocence and our sense of belonging, our sense of guilt should reside within about 12 to 16 people. You know, it, it, we, we carry a lot of global guilt and we try and hold together a system that probably is just a little too complex for one human mind to get itself around. And, um, you know, something about who are our gang, who's round our table, as we said in the last yeah. podcast, who, who are those people and how do we create our sense of meaning with them? Um, and we keep it smaller for the time being, then we get curious again about how we make this whole globe work. Yeah. But for this time, you'll go crazy if you are trying to get your head around what's going on in, in the world. That's not to say don't read the news and don't get informed and, and all those okay. things. Definitely that, as long as you don't hope that you're going to come up with some kind of watertight context that allows everything else in your life to make meaning. It's not, it's going to be much more fluid than that. Yeah. And, and there is a practicality about that, is, is even thinking about the questions that you're asking yourself. What, what, am, I, what am I declaring important? You know, what, what is it that I'm actually saying? What will I now declare meaningless? Yeah. What perhaps before was really meaningful is now shattered. You know, it's, and really just ask yourself, perhaps this is through dialogue with someone else. Perhaps this is through journaling. Perhaps this is reflection or prayer or meditation is what is changing and what I believe. Yes. And also that led by our soul. You know, I, I think there's something here which is about an opportunity to do some great reading, a great informing, talk to the people in your house about something which is a phenomenal myth that you're reading about or seeing that's got deeper truth in it. That's got something that also reverberates with your soul. Oh. I'm up for that. I, uh, I think there's things that I even see myself that I was absolutely sure about before that I am no longer or I'm holding... I'm holding my attachment to them. I'm letting it go. I'm relaxing it in some. I'm. It, it, maybe, maybe it wasn't true. <laughs> maybe it was a story. Yeah. And maybe the story was fine and adequate and okay. Ancient Hebraic quote: "What is truer than the truth? The story." <laughs>